Seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Amen. I want to preach on this Valentine's Day as we continue in this series, how we got over on the second Sunday in February from the topic, how deep is your love? How deep is your love? Lord, bless your word. Anoint, touch, use me for your glory. Let your word go forth with power. In Jesus' name, your words, my mouth. Amen. <clears throat> how deep is your love? If you have ever listened to music that was not inspirational, gospel, holy, or spiritual, then you are familiar with some people, places, things, ideas, names, and titles. Let me be explicit on this Sunday morning, if you have ever listened to secular music, then you are acquainted and familiar with some people, some labels, some titles, and some groups. If you have ever listened to secular music, then you have heard of Cadillac Records, Motown, Stax, Uptown, Bad Boy, Def Jam, and So So Def. If you have ever listened to secular music, then you have heard the name Sam Cooke, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Phyllis Hyman, Michael Jackson, P.J. Morton, Jasmine Sullivan. If you have ever listened to secular music, then you have heard of the OJs, the Stylistics, the Pointer Sisters, the Three Degrees, Destiny's Child, TLC, and Jodeci. If you have ever listened to secular music, then you have heard Al Green sing Let's Stay Together. You have heard Marvin Gaye raise the question, what's going on? You have heard Roberta Flack sing the song, Killing Me Softly. You have heard the Gap Band sing, Outstanding. You have heard TLC sing, Waterfalls. Or you have heard in this contemporary generation, her and Daniel Caesar sing, The Best Part. If you have ever listened to secular music, you have heard some names, some titles, some labels, and some songs. If you, like myself, are a child of the 70s and 80s, then you have heard the song, How Deep Is Your Love? Be it the Bee Gees in 1977, Begging Keith Sweat in 1988, or the remix by P.J. Morton and Yeba a few years ago, 
You have heard the song or the question, how deep is your love? While this song refers to romantic love that could be appropriate and fitting on this day we call Valentine's Day, this sermon is not about romantic love, but this sermon is about a deep spiritual transformative love that Christians ought to embody towards other people. According to this familiar New Testament narrative, we encounter Paul and Silas, two consecrated holy men of God who have experienced the unconditional love of God, sharing a deep love with somebody who is unlikely. According to this New Testament text, the love that Paul and Silas share with this anonymous jailer is deep, spiritual, and transformative. According to the text, Paul and Silas have been imprisoned and incarcerated for doing the work of the kingdom. While Paul and Silas have been incarcerated for doing the work of the kingdom, Paul and Silas do their time in an extraordinary, unusual way. Paul and Silas are not working out in the prison workout room. Paul and Silas are not scheming. Paul and Silas are not engaging in any further illegal activity. But Paul and Silas, according to Acts 16, verse 25, are praying unto God and singing unto God. While Paul and Silas are on lockdown, Paul and Silas keep their heads up, their hope grounded and rooted in the power, miracle-working, supernatural ability of God to do what only God can do. And around midnight, when circumstances seem desperate and dark, God does what only God can do. While Paul and Silas are on lockdown, God supernaturally delivers and liberates Paul and Silas from this Philippian jail cell. While Paul and Silas are delivered and liberated from this Philippian jail cell, this anonymous jailer who has been responsible for their incarceration and imprisonment is awakened out of his sleep and astonished that God has done the miraculous in response to Paul and Silas praying unto God. This Roman jailer, because he is responsible for Paul and Silas, is desperate, anxious, and scary. Consequently, this Roman jailer takes out his blade and prepares to take his own life. Yet, because Paul and Silas are possessed by the agape love of Almighty God, Paul and Silas embody and demonstrate a deep love towards this man who is a proverbial enemy. Despite this man being responsible for their incarceration and oppression, Paul and Silas demonstrate love towards him. 
in Watts Chapel on this Sunday morning as we celebrate our history and heritage and Valentine's Day, I challenge every Christian man and woman of God not to be a hater, not to be envious or jealous, but to demonstrate love towards people made in the image of Almighty God. We have come this far by faith. But we have come this far because we had the audacity to love one another. We would not be where we are as black folk in these United States of America had somebody not said, let's love one another and not hate on one another. Historically, black colleges and universities were built all across the South because black folk loved one another. Watts Chapel has been in existence 145 years because our mothers and fathers loved one another. We have been able to have a black woman president, vice president in the United States of America in the White House because black folk learned how to love one another. And like Paul and Silas loved this anonymous jailer, I challenge and dare us to love one another. Yet can I preach this watch chapel while we ought to be accused and guilty of loving one another. It seems like sometimes we are guilty of doing everything except demonstrating love towards each other. We are called to love one another, but if the truth be known, we are sometimes guilty of antagonizing and belittling one another. We are called to love one another, but we are sometimes guilty of petty critiques and hateration on one another. We are called to love but sometimes we are guilty of envy and jealousy towards one another. We are called to love, but sometimes we are guilty of shaming, hating, and uh, being crabs in a barrel towards one another. But we have not made it where we are by being crabs in a barrel who are dragging and pulling each other down. We have made it to where we are because we have loved one another enough to want to see God God bless somebody else. And if you are too small to want God to bless anybody else, the Holy Spirit and the love of God ain't in you. Love is not shallow. Love is not plastic. Love is not fake. Love is not just liking. Love is not just affiliation. Love transcends. Love is transformative. Love is deep. And love is spiritual. Paul and Silas are guilty and accused of loving a jailer who has been responsible for their incarceration and oppression. Now somebody can raise the question, he's just doing his job. Yes, he is just doing his job. But Paul and Silas, had they not been lovers of God and lovers of people made in the image of God, would have handled this radically differently. And I raised the question on February 14th, 2021, how deep is your love? Paul and Silas demonstrate a love that is deep, 
spiritual and transformative. Their love, first of all, was deep enough to pray persistently. If our love is not shallow or surface level, our love ought to be deep enough to pray persistently. As we read this text, watch chapel, notice the text says in verse 25, Paul and Silas are praying unto God and singing. As they are praying unto God, the text is not explicit concerning what they are praying for. Reverend Robinson, I used to read this text and automatically assume they were only praying for their deliverance and liberation. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me the other day and said maybe they were not just praying for their deliverance and liberation. Maybe they were praying for the other prisoners. Maybe they were praying also for the jailer. Maybe they were praying for the jailer's family. If you've ever had been called by God to intercede and called to the ministry of prayer, in many cases you are not just praying for one particular thing. You are praying for one particular thing, but you are praying for issues attached to what you are praying for. Do I have a witness right now? Throughout the season of my daughter being at Duke University Hospital, I learned something about the power, priority, and persistence of prayer. I wasn't just praying for her healing. I was praying for her doctors. I was praying for her nurses. I was praying for my wife and I as we traveled to Durham, Durham, Duke University Hospital every day. I was praying that other people in the same unit would be healed and delivered. So you just don't pray for one thing. You learn to pray for multiple things at the same time. And Paul and Silas were praying for their deliverance, but they were praying for the other prisoners. They were praying for the jailer, and they were not just praying a one-stop drop prayer, but they learned how to pray persistently if your love is deep you ain't just praying an hour a day sometimes you are praying throughout the whole day you ain't just praying on Wednesday you are praying every day God allows you to see you are turning your plate down you are restricting your diet you are praying until God does what God can do and somebody knows about the power of prayer if you keep on asking if you keep on seeking and keep on knocking. Somebody knows God will open the door. God will heal. God will restore. God will bless. God will work the miraculous as they pray. God does the miraculous. Our love ought to be deep enough to pray persistently, but I'm not stopping right there. Our love ought to be deep enough to discourage death. The jailer has a blade, and the jailer knows if he lets these prisoners leave, he will be more than likely killed because of dereliction of duty. What a phrase. Dereliction of duty. Y'all will get that later. If he lets Paul and Silas leave, he's going to be arrested and more than likely placed before 
a stoning squad for dereliction of duty. And Paul and Silas see this man is about to kill himself, and Paul says, hey, stop. Do yourself no harm. We are here. We are alive. We have not left. We are here, and we ought to love one another. Help me preach this, Holy Ghost. Our love for one another ought to be deep enough to discourage death. Watch Temple, we live in a culture of death. I need to help somebody right now. In this pandemic, people are anxious in ways they've never been anxious. They are depressed in ways they've never been depressed. We are discouraged in ways we've never been discouraged. Alcoholism is up. Drug use is up. Domestic violence is up. People wanting to harm themselves is up. And we as believers who believe in the word of life have to be used by God to discourage death. I preach this to challenge everybody to discourage death in your own life. Take care of your temple. Discourage death. Renew your mind. Drink more water. Leave the crack and the guns alone. You don't need fentanyl. You don't need hydro. You don't need kush. You don't need weed. You don't need mollies. You don't need Percocet. You don't need anything but the Holy Ghost. And we got to be saved and sanctified enough not to turn the other head, not to wink, not to just excuse it, but we got to discourage that. Let me preach this to the real folk. You don't know... We have the audacity, some of us, and I'm walking down this street, I'm walking heavy right now. Some of us have the audacity to say, I ain't taking a vaccine. I don't know what they're giving me. Some of the stuff we don't put in our bodies, and we got the audacity to say, we ain't gonna take the vaccine. And some of us done smoke like a chimney. We done drank every distillery from here to Kentucky. We done put stuff in our veins and our bodies. We don't know what we smoking, what we drinking, what we eating. And we got the nerve to say, I ain't going to take the vaccine because I don't know what they giving me. Somebody help me preach this word on this Sunday morning. Honey, I'm taking the vaccine. I ain't going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to be first in line for the vaccine. Amen, somebody. Let me close and run across the field. Our love ought to be deep enough to discourage death. Our love ought to be deep enough to pray persistently. But our love ought to be deep enough to make a choice to care. This ain't deep. This ain't theologically profound. But love at the end of the day is all about a choice and a decision. This ain't middle school. Do you love me? Yes, no, maybe. Do you want to be my girlfriend? Yes, no, maybe. See me later. We grown and spiritual. Let me preach this, somebody. At the end of the day, love ain't a feeling. Love is not lust. 
Love is not googly eyes. He fine, she fine. Love is a choice to care compassionately for somebody else. Can I preach this? And at the end of the day, when you and I are saved by a God of love, we are duty-bound and obligated by the Holy Spirit to choose to care. Paul and Silas make up in their mind, we can't let this man go out like this. And the man has the audacity, the spiritual gumption to run into Paul and Silas, bow down and say, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This was not a theological exposition of Romans chapter 5. This was not Romans 10.8. But this man was asking for Paul and Silas to get him out of this mess. And thanks be to God that Paul and Silas cared enough to get the man out of this mess of his own creation. I can't stop right there because Paul and Silas didn't get it on their own. Paul and Silas were serving and representing a Savior who was the living embodiment of the unconditional love of God. And Paul and Silas, uh, a century later, were just doing what their Savior and Lord had done for three and a half years. If you know anything about the love of God, you know that our Lord and Savior made up his mind. He was going to love us in spite of us. And thanks be to God on Valentine's Day, a day where we celebrate love. We serve a Savior who was not a judge, but a lover. We serve a Savior who was not a bounty hunter, but a lover. We serve a Savior who was not a politician, but a lover. We serve a Savior who was not a police officer, but a lover. And thanks be to God, when you and I were in a mess, the mess we were in last month, the West we were in right now, Jesus looked beyond our faults, saw our needs, cared enough to care, made a buck in his mind that he was going to love us in spite of us. And now we are saved, sanctified, loved by God, all because he cared. I don't know why he cared for me. Don't know why he loved me the way he does. But thank God I serve a savior who looked beyond my faults and sees my needs. Is that your testimony this morning? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me now safe I said safe saved forgiven restored redeemed justified am I love I said love love lifted me when nothing else could help. I said, when nothing else could help, love 
lifted me. How deep is your love? Is your love deep enough to pray for people? Is your love deep enough to discourage destruction? Is your love deep enough to choose to care? We have made it over because we have been willing to love each other. It ain't a sin to be kind. It ain't a sin to love. It is a sin to be indifferent. It is a sin to hate. It is a sin to judge. It is a sin to be mean. It is a sin to wear green. Y'all will get that, amen. Green don't look good on everybody. Somebody, if you're not saved, if you don't have a church home, my brother, my sister, we are here because of the love of God. Nobody who is really saved, who knows from whence they've come, who knows what could be in your life, will deny and say, I'm here because of my pedigree, my brain power, my intellect, my degrees. No, you are here because somebody loved you. And I'm not just talking about God in heaven. There's been some people who look like you who have loved you. Your mama driving an old car because she's paying your Sally May bill. Your parents could have retired, but you in med school, you in law school. You wonder why daddy still wearing that black, blue, gray suit while he ain't get them new gaiters. He gave you that money for the down payment on your house. You wonder how that tuition bill got paid. We got to love each other. Black folk got to love each other. We got over because of love. God loves you. We love you. If you don't have a church home, my sister, my brother, come on to Watch Chapel. Go to the Contact Us tab right now. We'd love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not perfect, but we will commit to being lovers of God and lovers of people. Amen. Our choir is about to bless us. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. God's people said amen. 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 Love you, Jesus. 
Watch Chapel. This is your pastor, 
Welcome to Watch Chapel on this second Sunday in February, Valentine's Day. Since we are loved unconditionally by God, we are all celebrating Valentine's Day today. Happy Valentine's Day to every member and friend of Watch Chapel. We are shouting out our friends and family all across the globe. We are shouting out Carson City, California, Oakland, California. We are shouting out Kansas City, Missouri. We are shouting out Manhattan, Kansas. We are shouting out Dayton, Ohio. We are shouting out Clinton Township, Michigan. We are shouting out Flint, Michigan. We are shouting out Inkster, Michigan. We are shouting out St. Louis, Missouri. We are shouting out Columbus, Ohio. We are shouting out Little Rock, Arkansas. We are shouting out all 100 counties in the state of North Carolina. Welcome to Watch Chapel on this Lord's Day. We're encouraging everybody, parents, amen, to turn into our virtual children's church and children's nursery from 11.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Parents, please log your children in through the children and youth webpage on our website. We're encouraging every member of Watch Chapel to enroll and participate in our upcoming place workshop on Saturday, March 6th from 9 o'clock a.m. to 9.30 p.m. You must register online to participate. Prior to the class, materials will be mailed to each participant. Assessments must be completed prior to the class. Questions may be mailed to the Bridge Ministry at bridgeministry at watchchapel.org. The registration deadline is midnight, Wednesday, February 24. Watch Chapel, we are compiling a Watch Chapel cookbook. Recipes are requested for inclusion in the Watch Chapel, Watch Chapel digital cookbook. Please share your favorite recipes or newest culinary find. Submit your recipes online through the web banner or upcoming events webpage. The deadline for submissions is Monday, March 1st at 6 o'clock p.m. Watch Chapel, we're encouraging every member to roll, enroll in small group Saturday, kicking off Saturday, February 13th, which was yesterday through February 27th. We are studying the African influence and African presence of Christianity. Amen. You can log in at the Disciple and Fellowship or Upcoming Events webpage on our website. We start at 9 o'clock a.m. on every Saturday. The youth small group will be held at 10, 15 a.m. Watch Chapel, we are recognizing Watts Scholars in Church Life on Sunday, March 14th, immediately after our worship celebration. We will honor elementary school students who achieved a rating of three or four on grade level.